Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky. I have a special guest today, Mr. Dave. It's going to be really interesting to see what he has to say and share with us. You never know what's going to come across the show. <laughs> Mr. Dave, welcome, welcome. Hey, Grizz, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. There we go, Mr. Dave. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. I'll tell you what, why don't you start us off and give us a little bit of history there. All right. Um, let's see. I uh, I served in the, United, in the United States Coast Guard as a gunner's mate from 1983 to 1991, and uh, I worked as a uh, manager of a, uh, a carpet cleaning place, believe it or not, for a while. And then I was uh, employed by uh, a friend of mine. Uh, and, and after that, uh, I, you know, long story short, I've had three back surgeries. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. uh, the last one was a fusion. Um, it's uh, a genetic condition because my brother, three months after I ruptured my disc the first time, my brother ruptured the same disc on the same side. So we're wow. both uh, bad back brothers. And, uh, you know, ever since then, I've uh, kind of been semi-retired. But I, uh, I've always been really, really, really fascinated in survival. And so I decided uh, I got a educated in wilderness survival i was fortunate enough to have a father-in-law who is a former special forces operator and a founding member of delta force and he oh, taught wow. me really really cool stuff I, yeah i miss him a lot and he taught me all kinds of cool stuff and and i still teach uh, classes nowadays but usually it's in the fall and it's uh it's it's a uh, homeschool uh kids that always want to do it so yeah i'm doing okay uh, thank God my wife is uh, is also gainfully employed and makes great money. Um, good, good. Yes, sir. And uh, I've been fascinated by Bigfoot all my life. I uh, I recall, you know, the the 70s. For some reason, there was kind of a, kind of this surge of interest in Bigfoot. You got all these. Movies. Oh God, sorry. You got all these. You had all these Bigfoot movies coming out. Uh, Boggy Creek. Legend of Sasquatch, right. and, and right. I remember watching Legend of Sasquatch in the theater, and I, I remember watching it through my fingers. I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I was <laughs> I was very young at the time, so I was easily scared. But I was, you know, despite the fact that it terrified me, I was still uh, weirdly fascinated. So if I find a book in the library or a magazine, um, I, I'd save up and buy the magazine, or you know, check out the book. And I really. Uh, Got a kind of a, uh, I'd say a pretty good self-motivation, Sasquatch uh, education. Um, and, you know, and of course, my brother, who's nine years younger than I am, when he came along, I would, you know, when we were like playing in the artist stuff, I'd, I'd duck behind a bush when he didn't see me and shake the bush and start making gorilla noises. And he'd go, Bigfoot! You know, <laughs> we messed with each other like that a lot. <laughs> And um, yeah, he he really loves me for that. But <laughs> uh, he's a great guy, he really is. Um, um, that yeah, that's that's my my brief biography there. Um, 
And do you uh, would you like for me to start with uh, like uh, early what? Well, yeah. my first, my first, what I think it was, but might have been an encounter. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, take us okay. back to the beginning. Cool. Uh, this was in. I don't know if you're if you're interested, if you're familiar with it, but there's a uh, on uh, near Fort Stewart in Georgia. There's a very very small town called Baxley, and that's where my my wife's family originated. And uh, that was, um, of course, where my father-in-law was living. So uh, I and uh, four other friends wanted to, we, we all wanted to come and do a, ca a camp out survival class with my father-in-law. So, uh, you know, we had a great first day and that night was very peaceful. But the second night we were all sitting around the fire and we kept hearing something walking around the camp. And, you know, we, we were discussing, you know, is it a pig, is it a bear, you know, what, what could it be? Or is it a possum or a coon, you know? Right. But, but we all, all, all five of us said, that sounds like something walking on two legs, not four. And so <clears throat> this was in the, right before the advent of those, what I call them pocket spotlights, so super bright little, little flashlights you can buy. I right. had... I had one, and it had like five LEDs that, that looked like a, a, a cylinder on a, on a revolver. It still right. wasn't that strong. It was first generation. But I would sh I was shining that, and the other guys were shining their lights. And whatever this thing was, it was staying right outside the range of our lights. And then all of a sudden, we heard this kind of snuffling growl. I guess you'd call it. Um, it was kind of a oomph and then, you know, like that. Huh. And my grandfather, oh, my grandfather, beg pardon. My father-in-law said, well, that, that don't sound like nothing I've ever heard before. And, you know, when a green brace says something like that, you listen. So he formed, we all had uh, uh, weapons with us. And he formed us up in a uh, to make a firing line and uh, to keep facing this thing, you know, as it went around the camp. And we did that for a good 30 minutes. And then we distinctly heard it walk off. And so, you know, we figured that, you know, it, whatever it was, it, it was tired of visiting us. So uh, it went back home. And so we all settled yeah. in. We, all, you know, snuggled up in our shelters and went to sleep. But my best friend, Bill Herman, uh, was, was with us. And Bill was a, uh, a tunnel rat in Vietnam. So he is what you would call... Um, alert to everything around him all the time. Right. And he that he he just he did whatever this thing was, it rattled him. So he stayed decided to stay up stoking the fire and he heard it growl two more times that night. And he said it finally went away. It 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 wound up coming back to camp. And then it, it growled a couple of times. About he said about an hour and a half there was one growl or or for uh, after an hour or so, there was one growl, and after another hour and a half, there was another growl. But he said at four o'clock, it seemed to take off and and leave. And so, uh, I don't know of uh, any animal that can can you know. It, it it sounds weird to say it sounds like it's walking on two legs, but you know, of course, if you're used to four legged animals walking around, the sound that makes and what people walk around the sound that makes, it's not that. It's really not that hard to pick out at night in the dark. 
Uh, just, right. I just about anybody could do it. Do it. Oh, excuse me a minute. Yeah. My mouth's going dry. I got I got the sure. sinus medicine drying me up like a a chip. <laughs> sure. Mm. Thank you. Um, that was my my first encounter with the Sasquatch. The well, with what may have been a Sasquatch. Um, when I was in the Coast Guard, I was uh, my first tour of duty. I, I I went to I was stationed in Kodiak, Alaska. I absolutely loved it. I'm going back there one day. It is so neat. Um, and it was just great to live and and to work there. And I mean, you know, uh, just a quick example. You know how you go to the grocery store and you see the smoked salmon and the and the they've got it sliced so thin that you could read a newspaper through it. Well, right. we had smoked salmon. It looked, it looked like a darn steak. You know. It was it was great. It was a big chunk of smoked salmon, and it would fill you up fast. And I, you know, I food's not the only thing I miss about Alaska. Of course, it's the landscape, and and the people were always really cool too. And the thing yeah. is, is that I uh, I met a uh, a lot of people who were who were from the Northwest, and uh, had spent their lives. You know, on uh, some of them were uh, uh, First Nations people. And, you know, either spend their lives on a reservation, new people lived on a reservation, had relatives they would visit and stuff like that. And we were, uh, uh, one time, oh, gosh, my ear, it just, one time we were snowed in and uh, we were playing Monopoly or something like that. And um, after the game, I I just, there, oh, there, we were watching the cable and uh, they showed a preview of, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a documentary about Bigfoot was going to be showing us a man. I'll be sure to watch that. And uh, this this uh, young lady piped up and said, you, you're into Bigfoot? You think it's real? I said, yeah, I do. And um, I said, there's just too darn much evidence. Something is making those footprints. And right. if you're going to hold right. footprints, you're not going to go out into a remote area. I'm sure you've heard a million believers say that, but it's true. You know, I wouldn't go in the middle of you know, Lost Canyon, USA, and and put fake Bigfoot prints, which would have like a 0.5% chance of being discovered. Um, but, you know, that's where they find these tracks a lot. You know that. And so right. I was talking to a young lady, and I'm trying to recall her name, but I'm not sure what it, uh, it Elizabeth or Marianne, something like that. But anyway, she was cool. Um, and she, of course, started telling all of us stories that... Um, She'd heard from her uh, her grandparents and parents and other elders on the reservation. Um, she said her grandfather uh, could imitate it, but he would only do it, you know, this times of the year. It, he he figured it was safe for him to do it because it there weren't any nearby to be attracted. And she'd imitate the calling. It was it was pretty chilling. It kind of sounded like a whale, like a um, uh, you ever heard of the banshees, the Irish ghosts who scream in the wind? You know, if they yes. were real, I'd imagine that's what they sound like. Yeah, and uh, we just had a fascinating discussion about uh, uh, Bigfoot for the rest of the day. In fact, they told me that um, a little while before I was before I came there, I was about eight months or so. They had somebody who said he saw something. Uh, across from the main gate of the base, uh, where we you had you had this um, 
this forested area and, and there was a, uh, a stream running by it. And it was a popular place to go and hike and stuff like that. But this guy was a security guard. Um, so, you know, he was sober. Um, and he said he was in the uh, inside the guardhouse because it was cold. And he saw something moving around in that in the entrance of that trail across the street. But even with binoculars, he still couldn't quite make it out. It was just too dark over there. But he said there was something big moving through the trees. Was was his story? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. Um, I've also uh, come to find out since I left Kodiak and continue studying about Bigfoot. There's a a lot more sightings out there than I, I had. I would that I had no idea that there have been so many sightings out there. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe uh, somebody there should start a Bigfoot club or something like that, or investigations um, fellowship or whatever, because there's definitely something worth investigating over there. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir. Well, they got the uh, Alaskan Triangle up there. Have you heard about that? I certainly have. Yes, sir. That's an interesting place. Yeah, yeah no. five yeah. to seven thousand people missing a year. Mm-hmm. No track, no tracks, trails, clothing, guns, nothing recovered. I yeah. mean, explain that. I know, right? Going on. I, 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 yes, sir. Something bad, something big yeah. is going on. You're right. Now, um, I know. And also, sir. Go ahead. No, I'm listening to you. The government. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, the government has Bigfoot in in their possession. Yeah, I've heard several stories like that. Yes, I have. Uh, Yeah, like in all the wildfires we had out west. I do. Yep. Well, the firemen uh, found a Bigfoot, and. I think three quarters of the body was burned. The hair was, and they were treating it. Government uh, soldiers came over and claimed the Bigfoot and walked off. And some of them told the firemen, you don't speak about this. This never happened. You were not here, and neither were we. So that that shows for a fact that it, it it's a government cover-up. Now you yes, already sir. know they have the DNA. You know oh, yeah. that that's a proven fact. And uh, like you said, the footprints, the technology we have with the videos, the photographs. Now I know people are out there that are actually ho- hosting this stuff. I know little Johnny's drunk, running around in a costume, trying to scare people. Right. But the ones that you watch, um, I was going to say something about uh, the government. You know, oh, are you still there? Go ahead. Can you hear me, yeah, sir? I can hear you, Chris. Yeah, your uh, your picture went away, and there was a spinning circle for a minute. So I just want to make sure everything's cool. But you know, speaking of the government. Knowing about the Sasquatch and covering up its existence, you know, I sat back one day. I did kind of this mental exercise, and I thought to myself, uh, "Why would the government cover up the existence of Bigfoot? They'd cover up the existence if they thought there was something they could gain from it." 
And uh, now I, I'm not sure where you stand on this. I'm not really sure where I stand on it. But if these stories about Bigfoot being able to cloak or turn invisible are true, then that's what the government wants with it. That's why they're capitalizing. That's Absolutely. what they're studying. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Oh, you agree. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah but, I, I mean, I really do. I mean, I, I've heard people saying that they cloak, mm -hmm. you know, they go in and out of portals. Yeah. And, you know, uh, 1954, President Roosevelt met with the aliens out there in the hangar and signed the treaty. That's a known mm -hmm. fact. It was on TV. The granddaughter came forward and said it was proven. So it's a government cover-up. You know, okay. when we find hair and scat, and we turn into the scientists, and the scientists just turn around and throw it in the garbage, you know, they got right. DNA tests now where they can test water from a creek, a river, a pond, mm -hmm. and it'll tell you every creature that's ever stepped foot in there, urinated, Number two, walk through it or anything. Mm -hmm. And they always come up with 98% human and 2% unknown. There's yeah. your proof. Yeah. I agree. I agree. They're throwing now, away it, because they, yeah. now, they're, they're locked in a little uh, world where if it, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm running up. What would you say? Now, if you and I go out, you know, and get us a Bigfoot, do you think it's going to hit the media? No. The government's going to be there before you know it, and the body's going to be taken away. The history of the human beings will be rewritten. Yeah. History will change. Yes, sir. You and I know it's real. Yeah. Yeah, I Too agree. Too many people um, out there giving us stories. Yeah, you know, I read. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, sir. I actually read an account once that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, I read an account once that that really, as I read this a couple of years ago, it was it's just a little thing, but there was a guy who spotted a Sasquatch in um in mid. The, in like the middle part of Florida and he said was wearing a radio tracking collar I mean how, really? how yeah isn't that crazy man I mean good grief I just that just really got me thinking that's wild and you yeah, know I mean why not yeah, why not? yeah this they had to read where they live yes sir yes sir I believe it um I'm I'm just amazed that our government um, has uh, has been able to keep it a secret this long, you know, as much as they screw up. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, yes, you know, let's let's look at the UFOs. Mm -hmm. You know, they they still don't want to acknowledge it, but now because of the uh, what's that act where the freedom. Oh, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act? Yeah, where they have to release... FOIA, Freedom of Information Act? 
Yeah, that's it. And we're getting UFO documents. We're not getting the full. It's blacked out. But, you know, now we're getting footage and it's on TV from the military tracking UFOs, chasing UFOs. Yes, sir. That's that, that's great. You know, I'm, I mean, the one thing I like is is I watch on TV is called Paranormal Caught on TV. Have you ever watched that? I've seen a couple of them. Yes, sir. Now, explain to me. Some of the things you see on there are absolutely 100% legit. Mm -hmm. I saw a pterodactyl, a guy filmed, flying in the sky. Get out. That's amazing. It is. I would love to see one. That'd be so much fun. Wow. Now, how did it get into our dimension did it come from another dimension a parallel dimension did it come through a portal you know people Fresh are filming day. animals that are flying and they're frozen in midair and not moving and they're stuck there they're not dropping to the ground so there's forces out there that we don't understand there truly are there truly are. Absolutely. What else you got, Dave? Oh, what else I got? Okay. Um, let me think on it a minute. Uh, I was going to chat for a second about, um, excuse me, another something else. Uh, yeah. Um, I uh, had a, uh, well, I, I, uh, I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. But when I turned uh, when I turned uh, uh, fourteen, we moved to Fayetteville because my daddy got offered a job as a manager of the Hobart out there. And uh, Fayetteville's a lot more rural than uh, Greensboro was. And I would heard I would hear stories from uh, from people or from friends that blew my mind. There was this this girl I know. Her name was Patty. And uh, her and her boyfriend had gone parking. Uh, up there, they were, you know, when we moved into our house, there was still building new houses uh, just a couple of streets over. So uh, I can only imagine what it looks like nowadays, but they were definitely building up the subdivision. But if you went to, <clears throat> excuse me, the very end of the, you know, we, well, it's it was across a big field from me, um, simplest way I could put it. But if you went up that street and you um, got out, there was, there was a huge cliff. You know, the division was called Stony, or the subdivision was called Stony Point because of that rock cliff. And of course, um, our parents would say, don't go climbing on the cliff, it's dangerous. But, you know, we didn't anyway. You know, we only suffered scrapes and bruises, thank God. But right. she, she and her boyfriend had gone parking near the point of. Uh, uh, one evening, and I think she said it was around 10 or 11, and they saw something uh, um, over near the, the drop-off. They said it was, she said it was big and hairy, and uh, she knows she caught a whiff of what she said was the nastiest thing she'd ever smelled. And I was, you know, of course, in there thinking, great, Sasquatch is in our neighborhood. 
So I, I didn't tell my brother that until we were both moved out. <laughs> yeah, you. You know, there's there's other places around Fayetteville. I mean, Fort Bragg. You've got you could search Fort Bragg Sasquatch, and you're going to get a lot of hits. You know, people see that thing over there, and Fayetteville was only 30 minutes from Fort Bragg, so we weren't far. And. Um, there was also there had also uh, been sightings at Fort Stewart, which I meant to mention earlier, which is that base that's near my my wife's uh, family town, Baxley. And uh, yeah, you if you search Fort Stewart Sasquatch, you'll get some hits. Um, there's all kinds of stuff they say happen there. Like uh, I understand one time there was a helicopter crash out in the swamp, and so they charged some MPs with watching her overnight. And they say the MP got into it with about, I think, four or five Sasquatches, if my memory is oh, wow. Yeah. They smelled that blood and came running. Unbelievable. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Terrifying. Um, what else? Uh, okay. Um, My brother had an extraordinary sighting once. Uh, he was working at a, this was after I was in the Coast Guard and away from home. And he, he had uh, gotten a job at the pizza joint. And what happened uh, was that one night, uh, Jack, my brother's car was in the shop. And the, uh, the owner was letting him borrow his pickup truck to make deliveries. And there's this area, uh, it's another small town that's near Fayetteville, Fayetteville. It's called Gray's Creek. And it's a, a beautiful little southern town with your antebellum houses and stuff like that. And their main drag as you drive into the town, you've got, oh gosh, there must be at least 50 oak trees just growing, you know, overhanging the road. And right. You've seen, seen that yourself. Um, <clears throat> but he was... There's a, a frat house out in Grays Creek for the local for a community yeah local community college, and my brother got called to deliver some pizzas out there, and he uh, he went he you know of course he's in the boss's truck and it's uh I think he said it was like a a real nice uh, Ford something like that one of the big ones you know with the king cab and all that, and he uh, delivered the pizzas and uh, everything was fine, but when he was was driving back, um, he felt uh, an impact. But it wasn't an impact. Well, it was an impact from the rear. So he, of course, mashed the brakes. And uh, he said something seemed to press up against the rear view, the rear window. Oh, I could tell at that point. And so when he got to a full stop, he was still looking behind him in the mirror and you know, looking over his shoulder, trying to figure out what's going on. He says he saw <clears throat> this big black thing, as he put it, kind of roll slash stumble slash fall, you know, all on its side. It was kind of pulling itself along to get out of the tailgate. My brother says to this, well, my brother only, only related this account to me once, but he said, uh, one thing he said that really stuck with me was, thank God the tailgate was down. I don't know what would have happened if it had been up but this thing managed to to get itself out of the bed of the truck and he's looking and looking in the rear view and over he can't 
He sees something in, in the brake lights, but he's not sure. He said it's big and black. And he said this thing stood up so much that he was, you know, crouching down to see out through the back window so he could get a look at its face. And so when he did that, he said it looked like you're, you know, as, as, as many people say about Sasquatch, it was, uh, 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 it's hard to tell if it was a man or an egg because it has features of both. And he said this thing just looked at him. I mean, like like deadlocked right right in the eyes. And he said it drew itself up and let out this tremendous scream slash roar with a look on his fa face that told my brother, hey, I'm about to rip you apart. So my brother turns around, stomps the accelerator, and uh, he says he doesn't even remember driving back to the pizza joint. But when he got there, he said that when he opened the door and went to get out his knees buckled, but he managed to catch himself on the door's armrest. And he, uh, you know, locked up the truck and walked back into the to the pizza joint. And, and as soon as my boss saw my brother, he knew something was wrong. And um, he, like, you know, walks over to him. He says, hey, man, what's wrong? And and my brother, you know, he, he said, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, just he, he said over and over, I don't know. And um, my boss decided right then and there to go ahead and take him home. And uh, he uh, he got him back there. He said my brother was shaking the whole way and, and couldn't really talk. And, uh, by the, and when he got him home, uh, he, he had called ahead to let my parents know. And so when he got him home, they were out on the front porch waiting for him. And uh, my mom took my brother inside, but my dad stayed with the pizza joint manager to check out the truck. And he said, <clears throat> and he, uh, what are those on the edge of, of a bed? The rails, I guess you call them? Yeah. Uh, on the top edge of a truck. Uh, on a boat, you call it a gunnel. Um, he said that the uh, there was part of the rails that were like downward a little bit in kind of a, a U shape, like something, you know, rounded just landed for them. And uh, he, Daddy said that there was a nasty, nasty smell. He said it was like a cross between a skunk and burning tires and and uh, an outhouse in the middle of summer. And uh, there was also, um, you know, blood and hair in the tailgate. And uh, my dad said, you know, they, my uh, my brother's uh, boss had like a little, one of those little tiny pen lights again before the advent of LED lights. He had those little tiny pen lights on his keychain and was looking. And Daddy said, "Yeah, there was definitely blood in the in the uh, bed. You could see that. I think it was a, a yellow truck, so that red blood showed up real well. And there was hair, but you know they didn't touch on anything. And uh, according to my brother, the next day, uh, the his his boss took the truck in and had it cleaned up and and detailed, and then uh, he took it to a, a friend, a, a, a mechanic, to fix it." But anyway, um, my mom, of course, puts her arm around my brother and gets him in the house, gets him sitting down on the couch. Uh, she has said she'd seen people in shock before, and she could tell my brother was in shock. And my daddy and mom wound up staying up all night with my brother. And several times they asked him if he wanted to go to the hospital and get checked up. But he, he said no. Um, he, he didn't. He didn't want to tell him the story because it was, 
it, it, he said it it uh it it uh, tore him up a little bit and i think that's how he put it my brother's a master of understatement and so uh he's they stayed up with him all night never went to the hospital but um you know uh, a few years later uh i i, I was uh, i had done a camping trip and i uh or a survival trip out near where my parents live so of course when i was done with that i went to visit them and mom asked me how everything went and i said oh it was it was fine but we, we you know we didn't see bigfoot and she said your brother will be glad to hear that I said, what? What's that mean? Mom? And she said, has he not told you? And I was, you know, of course, told me what? And he, she said, you need to ask him. Um, I think it should be up to him whether or not he wants to tell you. And so I did. And, you know, but my brother, what I was all ready. I was going to be, you know, amateur big detective and record the conversation and take notes. But my brother just pointed to everything and said, no, no, no. He says, I'm going to tell you the story just one time. And this is the last time we're ever going to talk about it. And that was, you know, when I when I got the story from him about 15 years ago. And I'll never forget, while he was relating the story to me, there was several times I'd see his pupils dilate and the, and the goosebumps would come up on his arms and I don't, I've never met anybody who could fake that. And I know my brother can, because, you know, we'd know. But I can only imagine, you know, I was sitting there, and at the time, all I could think of how, it was how envious I was. And um, I, he, uh, he concluded the story, I said, well, that's wild, man. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I said, I, we've talked about all these years, we've had an interest. I just want to see one for myself. And he looked me dead in the eyes and said, no, you don't. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So and, was uh, the Bigfoot in the tree when it fell? That's what he thinks. He thinks it was um, probably up in the tree sleeping. You know, Unbelievable. Uh, or, or looking for, maybe he's reading a squirrel's nest or a bird's nest had eggs yeah. in it. You never know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I sent that. I, I wrote it. I wrote up that story, and I I sent it to a Cam, who does the the, oh the Dixie Cryptid podcast, right? And he described it as the wildest Bigfoot account he's ever read, and I agree that is one wild account. But there were um, you know other stories that seemed similar, like a good friend of mine in high school, Matthew. Uh, lived on the shores of uh, a lake. It was called Lake Waldo, and the area he lived at was called Waldo's Beach. You know, it was a real popular place to go hang out and swim in the summertime. And he said he was just uh, going for a hike one day, and um, he saw a deer about twenty feet up in a tree. But wow. well, not not a whole deer. You know what was left of it, and it had a hole torn, you know, out in its upper chest. And uh, he said it didn't look like no knife because there were pieces of flesh hanging from it. And they were all different shapes and, you know, and sizes. So he said, you just imagine someone punching into the, the upper body of a deer. And to him, he said, that's what he what it would look like. And he said, do I, he, he said, um, uh, he said he believes in it. He said he think there was, thinks there's something out there because he heard other people talk about 
hearing it too. So it's a, it's kind of a squatchy place we come from, I guess you can say. Yeah, evidently. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that wild. Is, isn't that isn't that the craziest story? I mean, good gosh, what I'm sitting there, you know, sometimes I I think to myself, well, what would I have done if that were me? And probably hard to get out as fast as I could. I don't think I'd stop asking his measurements <laughs> for my notebook. <laughs> Uh, what you know, are you eating on? Eat 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 <laughs> I tell oh, you, and sir, I don't know what, yeah. what I would do. I would, I would probably pass exactly. out or something. Seeing something that big, yeah, me too. The earth or something, the height, the broadness of the chest, the roar. You know, I heard they mimic people. I heard they mimic animals. Yeah. You know. Yeah, one thing I heard recently was that they heard a, they said it sounded just like a woman screaming, help me, but it was way louder than any woman could scream. I mean, good grief. What are they doing? I mean, how often do they hunt us? What drives them to hunt us? You know? You know? Right. There's all those all those deer out there, you think they'd like them better, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the, the I guess maybe sometimes uh, during droughts and such, the deer get hard to find. So they figure out that we're pretty easy to, uh, to, to snatch up, so that's what they do. Well, if you look at the past eight, ten years, Dogman has uh, really come out of the woods. Hasn't he? I've been noticing that. You know, and there's been attacks and stuff. And, you know, uh, I had a real fortunate chance to see an autopsy report. And with the detailed descriptions of the wounds, there was no way a pack of dogs could rip out the arms out of the arm sockets. Now, oh God, you know, yeah. as well as I know, the pack of dogs would munch on you, bite you, then all mm-hmm. run off. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lacerations was on this body was incredible. The, the death of the lacerations. The How apart, you know? Yes, sir. So they're they're, yeah, they're covering they up everything. They certainly are, aren't they? Hmm. And that's what's sad. You know, yes. people ask yeah, me, yeah. you know, Grizzly, what do you think about Dogman? And I always say, well, my opinion, because I don't know too much about Dogman, I think he's a demon from hell. And I think Satan let him let him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a, a Christian myself, I do believe in the in the Nephilim, and I I also do believe that you know Satan's demons uh, do get out and run rampant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where else do they come from? Yeah, I know, buddy. I know. <laughs> you know, 
what does it say in the Bible? God cast out a third of his angels. He didn't say the third of his angels mm -hmm. went That's to true. hell. Right. You know, was it Earth? Yeah. So, I mean, and a lot of people do not like mixing religion with Bigfoot, Dogman, cryptids, or anything. But, you know, you go back and look in history and look in the Bible, you know, they had uh, giants. Yes, they did. They yes, had they did. big men. Yeah. They had... You know, people with dog heads. Yes, sir. They surely you did. Know, they? The Egyptians. I mean, they have it on their walls painted. Yeah. Yes, they do. Absolutely. You know, it's not like somebody's going to sit there and draw something. Mm -hmm. They draw what they saw. Yeah. And they're trying to tell us the story. Yes, sir. I agree. very much agree you know i don't know if how bigfoot you know comes and goes some people say you know he's he's from an alien spaceship you see spaceships you see bigfoots you see spaceships you see orbs of light that's mm -hmm. bigfoot i have no clue on that part I i've talked either. to so many people and everybody has different opinions Yes, sir. You know, I don't think anybody knows. Mm -hmm. I agree. I very much agree. Um, you just reminded me something a moment ago, um, talking about the, uh, the, you know, how people in there or beings in the past had had animal features. Um, I must get this right. Give me a minute. My my best friend that I mentioned earlier, Bill. Uh, he's not only my best friend, he's also my pastor. Um, he said to me, oh, gosh, what was it? We, we know how the Nephilim were reported to have interbred with with uh, human women. Or not the Nephilim, but the angels were, were, uh, were, did interbreed with human women. And that, oh, they, okay. Uh, what he he he's always fond of saying is that the pre-flood society had incredible technology, things we haven't even dreamed of yet. And so, absolutely, all things being equal, if they had incredible technology, they had genetic engineering. So, absolutely, yeah, these things, animal parts and whatnot, yeah, yes, sir. And I still think it's going on today with the uh, uh, alien abductions. And I think it's still going on with the mutilated cows and and so forth. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I don't know what the treaty was signed with President Roosevelt back in 1954. I have no idea. You know, we're not pertinent to that information. No, we're not. They think we're cattle that need to be herded. I could rant about that for hours. I won't start there. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it's what horrible. else you got, Mr. Dave? Well, let me see. I think I had one more. Yes. 
Um, I have a uh, another friend of mine, uh, Dave. Dave, he's a deacon in, in our church, and he owns uh, some uh, really interesting property, uh, not twenty minutes from where I live. And it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very sorry. It's uh, it it faces a highway, but it goes back probably a mile and a half and butts up against a river. And so the, the Ashley River. And so when you, uh, oh, wait, what was I saying? And so when you're, um, when you're back there, you don't really hear the highway. It's, it feels more wild and more rural back there at the back end of the land. One moment, please. Sure. Thank you. Um, and, uh, so his uh, his son um, is is a, another friend of mine. Uh, I like him a lot. And one of the things that he asked for for his uh, his last birthday was that he asked for um, all of us uh, older fellows that he knew uh, could we like you know teach him something. So I'm like, hey, we'll go on a wilderness survival trip. Um, th this land I was describing to you, my friend's land. Uh, he he uh, said he's so cool. Because he said, I can use it anytime I need it to do a survival gig with whomever. Just give him a call beforehand. No charge or nothing. I mean, what a guy. And so anyway, um, me and his son, we went down to the to the, the, the far end of the land near the river. Set up our uh, our shelters and everything. And uh, he was he wanted to, to look around. Uh, there, there's like a, a little island um that's the uh, part of the property you have to you know, just walk across a small bridge to get to it but he said that his he and his dad had got got had set uh some old scrap wood down there just just you know to rot because they don't need it and he said why don't we go over there and see if we can find you know something that'll help us make our shelters and i said sure and uh, they had stacked the wood and kind of like a, they wound up being stacked in kind of a wedge wedge right. shape and um, we went around there and we were looking at the pile and, and uh, Scott, that's Dave's son, he said, well, that is weird. Weird. I said, what, what, what's weird? What are you talking about? And he said, you see how, um, you know, back the wood to look like a wedge. And I said, yeah. And he pointed to the, the bottom center of the pile, which was, which was hollow. And he said, there was wood there when we stacked it up. So it looks really? like, he, yeah, he said, to me, it looks like somebody pulled that wood out from under there to to you to crawl under and use as a shelter. And so, you know, my curiosity was was uh, peaked, and uh, I went over there and uh, I tried to pull out a piece of wood. And you know, I'm not in fantastic shape, but I'm still fairly strong. But I tried to pull a piece of wood out of the out of the pile; it, it wouldn't budge. And and uh, it took me and Scotty to pull that wood out of there. And we looked around the area, and there were no uh, boot prints or shoe prints or what have you. There weren't any prints at all. But wow. the area underneath this wood pile, the hollow was easily big enough to accommodate something 10 feet tall. And that, I mean, that that's just down the road, not 20 minutes away. I mean, oh, God, how, how much should I worry? But, uh, yeah, it was creepy. Uh, see, seeing that, and Scotty, uh, he just attributed it to like hobos or something because he called his dad to tell him what had happened. 
and uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't talk about big around a lot of people because we you know we always get we well not always but we often get laughed at. So um, I did broach the subject with Scotty a little bit, and uh, he's like, um, I'm not sure I believe in it, but I'm sure I think it could be real. So that was his opinion, and I said, Well, how do you think whoever hobos or whatever got that wood out from him there? And he said, I. I can't think of no answer. I got no idea. So, right, right. Yeah, who knows? Who the heck knows, man? Ugh, it creeps me out just thinking about it. You know, you you read these accounts of, of peaceful encounters, and then you read of uh, not so peaceful encounters. So, I think it's uh, I think it's wise to be wary. You know, if you have if you, if you do see one of these things, expect it to be dangerous. And take uh, appropriate measures. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, that's another show from Grizzly coming out of Lexington, Kentucky. Mr. Dave, it was an honor in having you. Thank you, buddy. God bless you. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's so much fun. I'll, I'll have you on my show anytime you want. It's it's incredible to have some of your encounters that you. Uh, that you talk about. It's it's so surreal, and I and I can actually see them, you know. And you know, you're not the only one. You know, 15, 20 years ago, we couldn't talk about stuff like this. We would get rid ridiculed and made fun of, called crazy nuts and. You know, these days now, it's wide open. Everybody talks about it. It's true. But from Grizzly to everybody across the nation, have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time on the Grizzly Bigfoot Show. Thanks again. Talk to you Thank soon. You. All right, man.